0: Aguero. Oh! I swear you'll never see anything like this ever again.
1: Gavin keeps it. Skin on goal. Look at that pass. Hey, Goal! Columbus! Well, things on here for the USA. Can they do it here? Cross. And Dead Seas tonight again. And Donovan has scored. Oh, can you believe this? Go, go, USA! This is the beautiful
0: game. Oh, it's incredible! described by two uglies welcome to bone and beam united
1: this is a thing of
0: genius happy soccer podcast day what is up i am bone and i am beam lots to get to today in what is going to be our final episode of 2021 we are going to take a couple weeks off between now and uh, the new year so Hopefully everybody is having uh you know a wonderful Christmas time as the song goes. We're taking whatever. the uh,
1: the Bundesliga break. We're not That's doing right. the Premier
0: League schedule. We're
1: not we're not recording on Boxing Day. We're we we focus with the Germans on this
0: one. We're taking the holiday break. Absolutely. Well, and and let's be clear cuz in the past we've done this and so I understand if people may not believe us. We are going to try really hard to make it just a two-week break and not come back in, like, February 15th and be like, hey, hey well, life got busy. <laughs> like, we're, we are dedicated to coming back the we first have, week of Now, January. to be fair
1: to those listeners, we have been known to, to do that. <laughs> we have, right. So
0: I'm, I understand that. I get why people might think that. But, yeah, we have uh, – I think I, I think I will say this. We didn't make any New Year's resolutions – for 2021 with this podcast mine but is I, to get
1: even fatter
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah go the other way go swim upstream i like that mm-hmm. but we i think did a slightly better job this year of staying on a schedule uh we made it through the most of the weirdness of the pandemic i know there's still more pandemic to come but we you know we're able to get a little better schedule going so we hope in 2022 to keep that going be a little more regular. We're taking our fiber. We're going to do everything we can to stay on regular
1: <laughs> There's no as problem with that with can. me, Bone. I don't, I don't eat any fiber. I don't ingest any fiber. I am very, very regular. Just well, in case any listeners out there were wondering, very regular well, I am. there you
0: go. That's what we want. So, all right. So there, there are a few things to get into today we will discuss. One of them will be the fact that Uh, There's some controversy with Arsenal, so we will discuss that. Mm. Uh, A little bit of a problem with the captaincy, we will discuss. Also, the Champions League draw did not go... I I wouldn't say it was done well, right? It was was done twice, (laughs) and it was done well one time, maybe. One of those two times, it was done well. And the other time, it had to be thrown out, and they had to start over. So that generated some controversy, we'll get into that. Uh, But we're going to start with something that... I've kind of felt like this might be the case, and this could be full disclosure, some confirmation bias on my end, uh, because I've had this thought and I've had this feeling kind of looking at sports media the way we do, but there's a report out that says in the United States, Go. the fourth sport behind football, basketball, and baseball is no longer hockey. Mm. According to this article, which was in the Daily Mail over in the UK, um, and was done by a group of researchers, this study, they say it's, that it's Always
1: there's a group of researchers behind everything.
0: Has to be. Um, the, the analysis was done by this group called Sports Mail. They say that soccer has now passed ice hockey in the US as the top four sport, mm. and, and that hockey is now fifth. Um, The way they did this was through surveys of U.S. sports fans. They said soccer is now more popular than ice hockey in the U.S. Uh, There was a uh, 49% of U.S. sports fans claimed to like watching soccer on TV. Ice hockey only got... I don't know why I keep calling it ice hockey. That's what they call it in this article. (laughs) God, that's so annoying. I'm just reading the article. Roller hockey. Yeah, roller hockey. Who knows what hockey? Hockey, 37%. Okay. That's something. I mean, the fact that... 50% Fifty percent of the U.S. says I like watching soccer on TV. That's a lot of people, and for that to surpass hockey, not by like a percentage point or you know the margin of error, that's that's a twelve point lead on hockey if this survey is correct. And I know surveys don't always tell the full story, but it's very interesting to me.
1: Yeah, it's interesting to me too when you look at. Kind of what the game has become, and we always talked about soccer in this country as a sleeping giant, right? Like, oh, once the mass population gets a hold of this sport, there's just going to be so much fervor and so much passion for it. And I gotta say, it's it's great. I mean, it's great to read this. Now it's a whole different discussion when we're coming about uh, talking about it from a hockey perspective. But at the same time, I I look at this and I I told you, you know, my love for soccer started, you know, when I was probably in fifth grade, sixth grade, somewhere along the lines uh, of that. And I've been a pretty big fan since. And really, I mean, we talked about this last week, correct? So Jensen Lewis, who is a team reporter for the Cleveland Guardians now. Um, he got into soccer because of COVID. I mean, when the when the world was shut down and there was nothing else going on, I mean, he was watching the Bundesliga and he was watching the Premier League, and he's picking our brains of like, oh, who should we bet on and who should we you know go after in this one? And he likes it from that perspective. But I do really think when you when you look at this and the only sport that was going uh, when others were stopped was soccer when everything else was shut down. We know that the NFL just went right through the stop sign and they didn't shut any of their stuff down and they went on uh, as scheduled. But I think that might have a big thing to play with it because you look at soccer and it's inherent value in what it is. It's 11 players with the ball. You score a goal. I mean, it's pretty easy to understand. Same thing with hockey. I mean, there are the intricacies of the rules and the systems and everything that you get into. Uh, For me, it's just, I don't know. It is pretty surprising when you look at the two games because hockey is such a fast-paced game. If you don't know what's going on, it's kind of tough to understand. Soccer, I, mean, I think the knock against it has always been, at least from an American perspective and someone who doesn't necessarily appreciate the sport, is it's too slow. And my God, if I see another nil-nil draw, then I don't know what I'm going to do. But there shouldn't be a tie in soccer and all this going on. And the flopping. Look at the flopping that goes on, right? I think those are the two perspectives uh, and why people don't watch it here uh, in the U S is because the games that we have here and the sports that are so popular are so fast paced. Soccer isn't like that sometimes. I mean, sure you can get an open into game and it's great to see counterattack after counterattack, and both teams going back and forth down the field. Uh, but it's just, it's an inherently different thing, but I always knew that there was going to be this kind of, I don't know, ability for it to climb up the bell curve and it's pretty interesting the timing on this to come come around when you look at all the sports were shut down and soccer was kind of the lone ranger that was out there and the first and foremost getting back to action
0: yeah i think that's a really solid point i hadn't considered that whatever with with the pandemic may have played into that but yeah jensen is a guy i know jay lou got into soccer in that time and there probably are other people i think the gambling aspect is is important as well And a league that should care about that um, is Major League Soccer because they're one of the few soccer leagues in the world that will be going on in the summer. And as gambling continues to grow in the U.S., as people get their fix of, well, I watch the Premier League, I gamble on that. Well, when the NBA and NHL are done, there's no football over the summer. The only thing left is baseball. And if you're not a big baseball fan... If you know soccer, you might be able to pick up watching some MLS games over the summer and find something to bet on. Like, I, I think that's maybe somewhere it, MLS could explore down the road. But it's a good sign overall for for soccer in general, right, that the numbers are this high. Here's a little bit more from this study. So they said football, 70. The question was to U.S. sports fans, what sport do you like? And you can answer all these if mm-hmm. you wanted, right, if you watch all these. Uh, football, 70%. Basketball, 61%. Baseball, 57%. The Olympics, interestingly enough, Olympic sports got 50%. So soccer was then next at 49%. Interesting that about the same number of people who say they watch the Olympics also watch soccer. Because the way that the Olympics are presented in American media, and I don't just mean sports media, I mean like... The Today Show, you know, it's like the Olympics, everyone will be watching, you know, and it's like well, a (laughs) lot of people will be watching, but they don't talk about a big Manchester, you you know, the the Manchester Derby the same way, you know, even though by the numbers here, it looks like about the same amount of people are going to be. They should do that on
1: NBC (laughs) when they're right their product. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And then hockey came in at 37 percent. Now, also in this study, I found interesting. They asked this question. Would you pay to watch any of these sports? And instead of football, basketball, baseball, they separated out by league. So the NFL, twenty-six percent of the fans they surveyed said they would pay to watch NFL games. Which, when I mean, you have Sunday ticket, I'm sure there's a good amount of people who are putting their money where their mouth is. Yeah,
1: or I guess in the roundabout way, you're going to a bar to watch your out-of-market team. Like you're also paying in a way to watch. Right, your, right. Watch yeah, your team.
0: you would. You would pay money to watch that sport, even if it's. I guess going to a game would also qualify, right? So. Uh, 26% said that NBA, 18% said that they would pay to watch it. Major League Baseball was next with 13%. College football was 9%. Mm. College football, obviously a huge deal. We all, and, and, and once again, we know how college football is marketed in the world of sports. It's like college football. It's sure. college football season. Oh, like the pageantry, the tradition. Yes. And, and it's it's talked about. Constantly, there's multiple networks dedicated to just college sports. We right? do Big it, <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, on our shows, yes. we do it. Yes, but I'm saying, like, but I'm saying, like, there's Big Ten Network is a Fox product, right? SEC Network is an ESPN product. They have networks just dedicated to college sports. Well, the same amount of people who say they would pay to watch college football say they would pay to watch the English Premier League. Nine mm. percent, isn't that crazy? Like that, what I'm saying is that's that does not it doesn't get pushed that way in the media if these numbers kind of bear out what is actually going on. But that's the reality is there are more people who are willing to pay for this. College basketball came in next at 8 percent. The World Cup was 7 percent of people said they would pay just to watch. So, again, Premier League, 9 percent, World Cup, 7 percent, Champions League, 7 percent, all those bigger than the NHL. The 6% was what people said they would pay to watch NHL games. Wow. That is the same percentage of people who said they would pay to watch La Liga in the U.S. 6%. (laughs) Is that not wild? Yeah, that's pretty crazy. These numbers, again, I know it's one survey. We could be extrapolating too much on that. But as someone who grew up in the era of, well, you know, soccer eventually, it's going to be bigger than all these other Mm -hmm. sports because all these kids are playing it and then i had to hear the backlash from that where that was said for like 30 years and then you see the attendance at an mls game or you see that you know well it's it's not as popular in the ratings as say the nfl people go ah see soccer's never going to catch on no it apparently has it's it's and these numbers are only going to grow they're only going to get bigger
1: I do think it's fascinating. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much into this. The difference between, like, soccer culture, watching a game at a bar, and hockey culture, I, I, I enjoy both. I do enjoy both. I like going sure, down to the R sure. bar and, and hanging out and, you know, getting ready to go to a Jackets game. It's very fun. Uh, I've always I've always been steadfast in this, though. Every time, and I, I've never had a bad experience, like, with, with the hockey crowd, you know, with the hockey culture, it's just, they're two inherently different things. I mean, they're different products. They're different people. They're different sports. And so, again, my experiences with the soccer crowd has always been this like weird group of people that comes in and for ninety minutes, two hours, three hours, however however much you know time you're spending with said uns- said unsaid people, is that you're going to get a great experience. Like it doesn't matter if you are working a job for nine dollars and twenty five cents an hour, or you're a big time big shot lawyer, university president, whatever. It always seems to me, Bone, like the hockey or the soccer crowd is so welcoming in every situation, right? I mean, I know, take this for example, right? We're down at Zaftig, we're watching the Manchester United game. Like, there was... There were people who walked in with Chelsea jerseys. Like, yeah, hey, come sit by us. Like, we have some have some nice, fun banter. And again, I mean, this is not to poo-poo the hockey crowd, because I'm sure it's the same exact way, but I always find it so warm and welcoming, and you can always just, like, it doesn't matter, too, if your knowledge of the game is expert level or if your knowledge of the game is just, hey, I'm just getting into this. Maybe this is something I'm going to like and I'm interested in getting into. Uh, I just, I, I don't know. I, I find that to be fascinating when you look at the kind of the cultural differences between the sports and who their fans resonate with.
0: Yeah, I th- I think that's a solid point. I also think, and again, I, I I like hockey as well, but I fully admit, like the amount of random NHL games I've watched in the last year has been maybe not even five. Like if it's sure. not, I'm saying outside of the Blue Jackets, which I watch all those games, and and I'll watch you know maybe Stanley Cup and and something like that, but outside of anything involving the Jackets and or like a huge you know game seven or something like that just a random regular season hockey game, less than five. And and so I admit I am not a hockey fan in the same way that diehard hockey people are. But I do feel like hockey is a game, and, and basketball too, the NFL, where it, there's not a lot of time for conversation. You know, if you're at a bar, you're kind of locked in watching it yeah. in a different way. and And you are with soccer too, but soccer has so many moments where it's like there's a, you know, they're passing around the back, and, and you can lean over to someone and be like, this is what they do every single time, man. Every time they get a lead, they start going with this empty bucket crap, and you can be like, yeah, I know, man. It's I don't know why they put this guy out there. He's trash. I can't stand him. You know, whatever. And then, I and then all of a sudden – I
1: love United are starting McFred again. I mean, right? what's
0: the deal with these guys? <laughs> and then as the – you know, then suddenly everyone knows when to shut up as you watch the game because suddenly it's like, oh, okay, this is good. This is building. Mm-hmm. And, and you pay attention for that. And then as soon as it's over, it's right back into like – God, what was that? Oh my gosh. Art def- this def- this was terrible. Or how did he miss that or whatever? How the kids and, doing?
1: How's your husband doing? <laughs> how, yeah, you have you yeah. have
0: a natural, you know, 30 seconds built into where you can get right. back into like a little quick conversation. And also beer helps, right? So it's I feel like that helps with the welcoming environment a little bit more. Whereas I mean hockey, it's like it's just you can't really turn away from it at any moment. And not that you can turn away from soccer if you know what you're watching, but I think for an average casual fan to get into soccer, I think it it's, is more of a like, honestly I it's think more of a social event. I think it's it, an it easier, allows for that It's
1: easier to get into. I, I mean, look at the two products, right? I mean, it took me forever to learn the rules of hockey and I'm still learning about it to this day. Uh, well, watching all the jackets, but Again, at its inherent base level like, all right, I'm watching soccer, like I feel like if you know what's going on, you know what's going on and then you can master the expert level the more that you get into it. Not to say that it's not the same for hockey,
0: it's an easier wading into the pool for me. You know what? I'll say this too, this might make me sound stupid. I feel like hockey is almost too fast like to enjoy it live cuz there are times where I will watch something live and be like The announcers now like the the announcers who've watched a billion hockey games are like, oh, my God, you you know, they're, (laughs) they're losing their minds. And you're like, well, it just looked like that guy hit the puck really hard and it went in the net. And then it's like you see that actually a dude who you didn't even realize had his stick up tipped the puck down right under the goalie's glove. And it's like, oh, they saw that. They saw that got tipped, but I didn't in real speed. I need slow motion sometimes to see that stuff. Soccer, I feel like there's fewer of those. There's still some of that, right? But like, there's fewer of those moments where you're like, what just happened? It was all too fast. Sometimes, when there's maybe like a red card situation, it's like, why did they give that guy a red card? And then you see, oh, oh because okay. he
1: headbutted a man in the chest.
0: Well, or, or like th- that tackle looked okay. And then you see it up close, you're like, oh, no, actually, <sighs> mm-hmm. it was not okay. That was a bad tackle. So, but anyway, I, I'm not in any way trying to say any one sport is superior to the other. I have my preferences, you have yours. Mm-hmm. But the, the numbers are starting to show things that I don't think if you've been paying attention in sports, I don't think you're shocked by this. So as a soccer podcast, I felt that was interesting to point out. Yeah, so, absolutely. It is good thing to talk about. Uh, we'll take a break. When we come back, we will talk about actual on the field stuff. Uh, well, kind of. <laughs> it's still Champions League draw and a uh, little bit of captaincy news for Arsenal. Uh, also a very quick mention of uh, something good that happened to my Columbus crew yesterday that has never happened before we'll explain that next it's uh what is this show called again oh that's right bone and beam united on yeah (laughs) but god (laughs) bone and beam united on the fan is what I was gonna say presented by the podcasting network Uh, leave it in Welcome back to, I guess, Bona Beam United.
1: On the fan. Podcasting the network fan. for pod- the stars. Pod- <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> That's right. Our radio station is actually just a podcast network. It's been a big cover this whole time. We
1: don't do um, anything live, by the way.
0: No, no, we don't. Not at all. Um, so, Charlotte FC, who I have dubbed uh, Sporting NASCAR FC, for whatever it's worth. Okay. They are joining Major League Soccer. You don't I know I'll Na-
1: also say you are one of the very few people... That are is a diehard NASCAR fan and a diehard soccer fan at the same time. Like it's really, if we get into like the dichotomy of your brain, I would like to explore what's going on in that in that. Well, and you
0: you want to throw a third one in there? I also love basketball. Yep. So it's like soccer, NBA, NASCAR—kind of a weird mix, but it's what's going on up there. I can't help you. You're just a culturally
1: vibrant person. You know, that. well,
0: I have been called a unicorn before, and I guess I'll just (laughs) wear that as being a unicorn with rainbows streaming out of my ass. You and
1: Chris Stapp's Porzingis.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. My good reference by you. Absolutely. So uh, in, in Charlotte, that is where NASCAR is based out of. That's why I call them that, but they're joining MLS next year. They get to have an expansion draft where they get to pick a bunch of players from all the other teams. Now, Major League Soccer has expanded a billion times since the league first started, and the crew have been an original team. They were here since 96. So every time there's been an expansion draft, almost every time there's been an expansion draft, the crew have been eligible to lose a player. So they have these protected lists. They we won't bog you down with who got protected, who didn't a lot of lists. Yeah, there's every team had to come up with their protected list of guys, right? One of the guys that was unprotected for the crew was Josh. Lucas Elrion. No, (laughs) protected. Okay, sorry. He's good. But Josh Williams, unprotected. Josh Williams, my guy, one of my favorite players in crew history. Uh, he is a club legend, uh, MLS champion with this team in 2020. So I was hoping not to see him leave. But every time there has been an expansion draft where the crew were eligible to lose a player, they had a player selected, and it was brutal. La- yesterday was the first time ever the crew did not have a player when they were eligible selected in the expansion draft first time ever they avoided that so good job to the front office Tim Bezpachenko and company on calling that protected list correctly and guessing things like Josh Williams as good of a player as he is he is 34 years old he's had a few injuries the last couple years and he's a little more expensive they bet that Charlotte would not want to take that player and good I also was trying to spread rumors that Charlotte Probably was going to get a player who was going to retire because Josh Williams, I think, was going to retire. (laughs) He's not now. He's never going. I mean, he's not. That that was not true. But I just wanted to get that rumor out there just to put it in their brain that he might retire. you know who
1: I am? I am J.D. Smith, crew aficionado. (laughs) I am the original one from Massive Report. And if I say Josh Williams is going to retire, then
0: Josh Williams is going to retire. Take that, Charlotte. That's, that's what I do, actually. I tell the players when to retire. Yep. I told Eddie I told Eddie Gavin to retire many years ago, and he listened, and I've regretted it ever since. I shouldn't have done that. Oh, anyway, you. there you go. So there's your expansion draft coverage. We're done with that now. Uh, moving on to other things. Champions League. This was quite the cluster, Beamer. Yep. We had a round of 16 draw. Yep. Started to come out. Yep. And all of a sudden, a technical problem came up that meant they had to redraw all these matchups. And there there was such a good matchup that they had and it then got screwed up because of this technical problem.
1: Yeah, it was pretty weird. Um, I was not watching live on Monday and I was just searching through Twitter. I'm like, oh, yeah, Champions League draw. That's going to be fun. See the matchups come out and I'm like, oh boy, Manchester United against PSG. Everybody wanted to see that. Cristiano Ronaldo against Lionel Messi, right? Like, okay, this is going to be pretty good. Now, the problem was is that Manchester United drew Villarreal in the Champions League and you're not allowed to do that. I mean, it's like uh, you're not allowed to play a team that you played from your group stage in the first knockout round and then once you make it through to the round of eight, then it's a free-for-all and they redraw the pots and it's all set and good. Well, uh, the problem was I do believe that United got drawn against Villarreal. Again, you can't do that. Uh, the person who was, uh, you know, picking and choosing the balls out of the sorting hat from Harry Potter, uh, he was, uh, yeah, I guess, failed to put Manchester United back in the in the bowl in the bucket.
0: He, whatever uh, he, he failed to do it for the next round of match. The next, okay. like, so Atletico Madrid was the next team that was pulled, and then United should have been back in the mix to possibly be drawn against Madrid, and that did not happen. And so then after that draw for that one game, then the ball was put back in. And then it was eventually Manchester United and PSG Mm -hmm. got drawn together. And ooh, how nice would that have been to see that matchup? but we don't get to see it.
1: No, we don't. And unfortunately, uh, we don't get to see Messi against Ronaldo in the round of 16, at least for now. I mean, it could happen in the round of eight if both teams do advance uh, to move on in the knockout rounds. But yeah, it was so weird. So, I mean, we talk about your fandom of auto racing and soccer at the same time. I was actually watching uh, the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix for F1 on Sunday morning. Uh, Huge which was race. Yeah, which was tremendous, by the way. you didn't. I bet you didn't think you were going to get an F1 reference on today's show. So anyways, I'm watching that and if you are if you watch any of the F1 race you know that the last lap was just a big debacle between Red Bull and Mercedes and the race directors and whatever happened so there, everybody was like oh that's fixed i mean come on like the drama that you're setting up here you say one thing and then you go against it and then you change the rules literally on the last lap uh, of the F1 season max Verstappen walks away as your driver of the year and so the very next day is the Champions League draw where this happens where uh, where Manchester United and PSG get drawn up against each other and like Thousands of comments on the Champions League thing is like rigged, rigged. All of this is rigged. F1 yesterday rigged. Champions League today rigged. And so what happened is that UEFA actually had to go back to the drawing board and postpone their announcement of the round of 16 draw. They had to fix something, which I don't understand what you had to fix literally just go back and repoll the teams immediately and be like, hey, we're putting all eight teams back in the basket. Here we go. We're going to do it. But they took like a four or five-hour break from that and then had to go back like, oh, something with our system is all, you know, walking out.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know what that would be other than maybe – did they put it back on TV? Like, I wonder if they had don't to know. call their broadcast just... partners and say, can we do this again? Do you guys have time? Can you cut back into programming? And maybe they all said, we don't have time until four hours from now. or yeah, something. True. I don't know. Maybe that was it. But so – Anyway, we do have the matchups now. We have the official list. Here's what we've got. Um, it, it Real Madrid has to be a little frustrated because Real Madrid drew Benefica, I want to mm-hmm. say, was the, was the initial draw that they got. Instead, they end up with the PSG matchup now. So hang on to your hats for that one. That's going to be a, a very interesting matchup at, at the very least. That should be a lot of fun. Um, but Inter Milan and Liverpool will square off. Villarreal ends up with Juventus after all that. Manchester United does get Atletico Madrid, yeah. <laughs> which is interesting yeah. that that was the team they were not in for. And then that's who they ended up getting picked against. Also, I mean, again, I don't believe in the conspiracy theories, but I do. Th- th- those are just one of those weird things, right? Um, Benfica also probably thrilled with their matchup. I mean, not that it's that much better because it's Ajax, but. It's not Real Madrid. That's that's a little bit more winnable for them. Uh, then Manchester City gets Sporting Lisbon. So that's rigged. Good for... I'll just say anything I don't like is rigged. That's what I'm going to do now. By the way, um,
1: did you see City yesterday against Leeds? Whew,
0: smoked Oof. them. Oof. One of the... I think... Oh, you know what? I got to look up the stat because I, I had forgot to bring this up until you mentioned it, but I saw a number that I, I hope I'm not going to screw up here. Yeah, here we go. The teams with the most shutout wins of seven-plus goals in Premier League history. Uh, Manchester City has three of them, Mm -hmm. including yesterday. Your Manchester United also has three of them. Do you know which team has the most with four seven-plus goal victories in Premier League history? So dating back to the early 90s.
1: It had to be a team that was in the Premier League for... A long time. The way that you posture this question makes me believe it's not like the biggest club. I'm going to go like West
0: Ham or Aston Villa. No, you should have gone with like one of the bigger clubs. Uh, Chelsea. Okay. <laughs> Chelsea. <laughs> Damn Chelsea. Damn it. Damn it. Yeah, I, was, I, I mean, I Damn didn't. Think, it! I wouldn't have guessed that either, but Chelsea does have. See, it they was have all the way that you phrased
1: those. the question. It was all the way, way that you phrased that. Like, do you know? <laughs> I thought you were going to like we're going to end around okay Brandon stay home on that stay in your spot he's going to try to fool you yep should have should have known
0: yeah well and and their their goalkeeper Manchester City's goaltender uh Jack Steffen as I saw him being <laughs> posted there was a there was somebody on the internet had posted that that like that was what <laughs> was apparently listed on one of the team like, the, the, the team list for, like, who's starting. His
1: brother, Zach, is pretty good, too. <laughs> Jack,
0: Jack Steffen was playing, <laughs> I guess, apparently. But anyway, uh, so there you go. That is the most lopsided loss ever for Leeds United in the Premier League. So, yeah, Manchester City rolling right now. Anyway, so that's, that's the Champions League draw. I, oh, we didn't get to Bayern and Salzburg. Mm. That is uh, going to be an interesting matchup there between two Bundesliga clubs. And then we get to Lyle. Lyle is in the round of 16, and they there was no doubt who they were going to play because in the first draw and the redraw, they got Chelsea. So Chelsea and Lyle going up head-to-head.
1: Did you say that Salzburg was in the Bundesliga?
0: Did uh, Oh, yeah. Well, that's not wrong. <laughs> God, Leipzig, I do that all the time. Gosh dang it. <laughs> you're right. I'm so stupid, Beamer. Hey, you know what? There's a ton of them.
1: They Salzburg even had, and Leis, I was, Leipzig. I was, look, I was I, looking yeah, I know. I Yeah,
0: was, I know. Was, you're right. <laughs> yes, I totally screwed that Leipzig up. Leipzig dead.
1: Buff. Leipzig dead. Leipzig dead. And Leipzig the Champions dead. League. They're no
0: good. They fired yes. Jesse Marshall. Marsh we talked about dead. this last yes. week. We, yes, we did. Absolutely right. Okay, uh, I was back. actually
1: looking at uh, Red Bull's teams, by the way. They have a Red Bull Ghana uh, as well. They have like seven or eight different teams around the world, which is fascinating when I was looking that up last This week.
0: Red Bull New York, are, how high on the rankings are Red Bull New York? They're, like, they're I, third. They're third. Are they? Yeah. I wonder, I wonder if, they, if that would actually, like, pl- I would love to see a tournament of the Red Bull teams and see who wins. Like, without any interference from uh, I'm going corporate. with Red Bull Ghana. Let's see what happens, right? Let's go. Let's make it happen. I'd love to see it. I'd love to see that tournament. And anyway, sponsored by Monster. That would be the ironic <laughs> Um All right. So there's your sponsored champions. Sponsored by li-
1: Trucker Pills.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Take it to the max. Those... That is some of the most aggressive marketing oh my I have God, ever seen. I feel
1: uncomfortable when I walk into a gas station now. I'm like, oh, you know, I'd say get a, a couple of mints
0: or a piece of gum. Take these pills. I feel I feel like for the truckers out there, <laughs> your life is pretty rough. I mean, it is. You're, you're driving a giant piece of equipment all the way across the country. You don't always get to see your family. Sometimes, I mean, you're sleeping in that truck most all the time you're showering in gas stations you're eating a lot of jerky and then when you get tired there should be a marketing campaign that's like hey man you have a rough life we get it here's a little thing that will help keep you awake for your safety and protection we care about you here's something that will just keep you a little more awake instead it's like take these pills it's like that poor guy is just out there living trying to get our He's trying to get you your crappy tablet that your kid's had gonna forget sodium about. Sodium
1: to fill his bloodstream for the next three lifetimes with all the jerky he's eating. Now you want to shove these aggressive pills down my throat? And Are you they, actively trying to kill
0: me? And Then you get the pill and it's like, how do I take this? And they're like, you shove it up your penis. And you're like, what? Why? Why is that the way I have to take it? Why can't? You're like, golly, can I just ingest this like a human? They're like, no, you're a trucking machine. Get after it. And for all the lady truckers out there, I have no idea what you do. I'm sorry. They don't make anything for you. Don't, they don't ask the
1: questions I, if you can't afford it. Oh.
0: So you know what? That's what we're going to do. We're going to sponsor <laughs> trucker pills that are less aggressive, that are just like, This is like sipping a caramel latte, except Mm. you don't have time to get in the Starbucks line. So just take this. I mean, I feel like
1: the like Aruba or Bonaire or somewhere should just do a marketing campaign for truckers.
0: Yeah, Like, hey, you've been through a lot of stuff. You've been through a lot. Let's just let's relax your heart rate for a little bit. Come to our tiny island nation where it's tropical and also no trucks. Yes. You will never (laughs) see another. You will not see 18 (laughs) wheels the entire time you're here. There, there is no way station in Aruba. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway. I, don't I didn't even know what we were gonna, what
1: talking about. I don't even know Champions
0: League. The draw is oh, yeah. out there. Go look it up. You got it. All right. Um, speaking of uh, nothing that relates to this, but we're just going to go to the next thing. Uh, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang stripped of his captaincy. That's, that's kind of a big deal. I mean, I remember a few years ago when he made the move over to the Premier League from Germany. Uh, that was... I was pretty optimistic about how that was going to go. And it's not like he's been a bad player, but it's weird for me to realize he's now 32 years old and he is starting to, you know, fall a little bit off of what his form was, but there was a discipline issue as well. Correct? Yeah, there was. So uh, apparently he was going to fly to France
1: and uh, his mom is not doing well and wanted to check in on her. So, you know, he got permission from the club was going to leave and head over there. Uh, Well, apparently he was supposed to be back the night before the next training session at Arsenal Bone, and he actually flew in the day of. He was at practice at the the right time and everything, but apparently uh, the COVID protocols changed among Premier League teams. I mean, we just saw this past week, Manchester United had to postpone their game uh, in in their midweek fixture. So, I mean, a lot's happening in the sports world and in the regular world, as we know, with COVID issues. Uh, And so, apparently, the club was not thrilled with Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang not showing up on time. Again, showed up in time for training, but did not show up the night before he was supposed to, uh, and then it apparently just got all out of whack. So he was left out of Saturday's 3-0 win over S- Southampton, and sources did tell uh, that he returned late from a sanctioned holiday, although both the club and manager Mikel Arteta refused to confirm the specific nature of the incident when questioned, and this statement published from Arsenal on their website said, following his latest disciplinary breach, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang Aubameyang, will no longer be our club captain and will not be considered for the selection in Wednesday's match against West Ham, which is today. And we expect all of our players, particularly our captain, to work to the rules and standards we have all set and agreed we are fully focused on tomorrow's match.
0: Yeah, well, and as you mentioned, I mean, the the COVID-19 stuff continues to go on. There are upticks with Omicron, which... Also sounds like an aggressive trucker pill name, yep. but whatever. That's just the next variant we're on. Anyway, that that has caused the Premier League to tighten down all of their COVID protocols. So now every breach of protocol is much bigger, right? That all said, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like if he were scoring at a prodigious clip, sure, this would be... We're disappointed. We're frustrated. He's going to sit a match, but we're not taking the captaincy away from him or something like, you know what I mean? Like, or, or maybe it's we're disappointed. And we've had a conversation, but he is still our captain and we believe in him and he understands that what he did is unacceptable, yada, yada, yada. Instead, I think this is motivated by the fact that perhaps as much as anything else, it's all of this. And he hasn't scored since October 22nd. I think you know, that's like, the biggest piece of the puzzle. I mean, let's let's not bury the lead on that, right? Like, he hasn't played as well as they would like him to. They did just sign him to a new contract this offseason, or uh, last offseason. So, three-year deal, he's in year two of that. Even for, you know, some of these teams which have been in problematic financial situations over the years there's no problem there with oh you have a year and a half left on your deal and we don't like your performance and now you've on t- like he's just not at a place where you can screw that up right if you're a, if you're playing your best soccer ever and they've made that investment and then you have a screw up like this where apparently he was like one of the issues was that there was footage of, that emerged of him getting a tattoo you know like right while while this was, you know, this was going on a month ago, he had that issue. So it's not just the one issue where he left and didn't come out beforehand, you know, like, or didn't didn't come back in the right time. They have had issues with him off the field with adhering to COVID protocols, and he's not getting the job done. So that's, that's a bit of an interesting dilemma for them. Uh, But didn't seem to affect them in the game, right? Yeah,
1: no, I mean, it didn't. It's just, it is fascinating when you look at this. So apparently, I mean, he was dropped from uh, the Derby match against Spurs uh, I believe last year in January because uh, he showed up late for a team meeting. So he was dropped from that and then you have this situation. I think a following the month after was the tattoo situation and now this I mean, it's not just one time. It's not twice. It's three times now. This is not the way your captain should be acting according to them and according to the team. Now I think the biggest problem for Arsenal, like you look at Param, Emerick obameyang uh, uh, what he is when he's on. I mean, good God, is that guy good? Oh, but, sure. But it is hearkening back to the messet Erzil situation. Like, all right, if you're going down this rabbit hole, you're dropping him from these matches. He's holding out. All of a sudden... I don't want to play for the club anymore. January transfer window is upon us. Get me out of here. Like, I I could see that being the situation. Now, the Urzel thing was pretty wild because that lasted like a year and a half. Uh, That was quite the tale uh, that we saw over there. But again, I mean, this is Arsenal brass putting it to their players saying, listen, you should be responsible. And I have no problem with Arsenal doing that. I think everybody has their part to do. And you're the captain and you should be representing this club the way that we want you to represent it. You're obviously not doing that. Sorry, maybe we should have communicated our COVID protocol a little bit better to you, uh, but if you aren't getting it, if you aren't leading this team, then that's going to be a problem. Now, I think the most fascinating situation is that we're going to get to see all of this live on television because Amazon crews are recording their entire season,
0: oh, uh, so we are something. going
1: to get, uh, get a first-hand look into everything that's going on with this drama.
0: Yeah, well, that that is one of the best things about the fact that now, I mean... I'm not a huge fan of Jeff Bezos, but if his company wants to keep filming things I like behind the scenes, I like like Bo Burnham singing
1: about Jeffrey Bezos. I I do, (laughs)
0: Jeffrey 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 Bezos. Bezos. (laughs) I cannot hear it now. I can't can't. either. It's great. No, but I I I like that we have the inside access to see that. And you're right. But looking at the standings, because Arsenal has been you know a a good surprise this year, and I'm sure plenty of Arsenal fans have been thrilled. Sat here two months ago and just ripped them apart. (laughs) Yeah, of course, and they've they've been great. They've been – not great. They've been really good since. Better than expected given what they've done the last few years, right? But let's just add to this. You have right now Manchester United playing with some good form of – What did I tell you? I told you. Ralph Randick
1: is going to have that team in top four position by Christmas.
0: Well, you know who else is – playing pretty well right now, Mm. Tottenham Mm -hmm. is suddenly back, snapped into form a little bit, and they've only played 14 matches to Arsenal's 16. So Tottenham sits one point behind the standings at seventh. So Arsenal, like, you could look at it two ways, right? You are two points out of Champions League position right now. Huge to be there even in December. Like, I know it's a lot of season left, but depending on how this next month goes... They could stay firmly locked in, transfer window opens, sure. you fix a couple problems, and you're a Champions League contender the rest of the year. Or you could swing the other way and watch as Manchester United and Tottenham get their crap together. You know, I don't know if Leicester's going to get back into the mix, but they've kind of fallen like a stone since the early part of the season. If if those three teams, the quality still exists, right, for all those teams. Arsenal is not by any stretch of the imagination out of the woods and not destined for a 10th place finish right they that could still happen for them it's not like they're that far away now the next month is going to be real critical and your captain having this issue in one of those really big moments where you absolutely need him i can see why they're saying we we can't afford to have too much of of a of a little letdown here we've got everyone around us who's just going and who knows what West Ham's going to do, right? If they stay in the mix. Yeah, they play today. That's another and yeah. West Ham play today. Yeah, huge match. So obviously we won't be able to talk about it because we're not, you know, we're recording the podcast the day that we're this is happening. But
1: we're recording the podcast the day that we're recording the podcast. Yes, that is true.
0: <laughs> the day the game is happening. That's what I was trying to say. We're actually recording it a day earlier from normal podcast day because of uh, life and things. But anyway, so yeah, it, it, that match will tell a lot. But I also think the next month will really tell the story for Arsenal. Can they stay in it? and get some help in the transfer window and go from there. That's the big question, and it remains to be answered. Anything else you want to get into, Beamer, before we get out of here?
1: So long, farewell, Vitor, Zang, goodbye Uh, to Sergio Aguero. He uh, called it quits. He had a heart issue bone that's unfortunately forcing his early retirement. Now, I'll be dead honest with you, I am a Manchester United fan. Sergio Aguero, like you here every single time on this podcast, to start the show off, I have to relive that. Uh, of course, the game-winning goal back in the 2012-2013 Premier League season, scoring literally at the death to (laughs) rip the title away from Manchester United and give it to City. Uh, Congratulations on a career well-played, man. Unbelievable guy. Unbelievable human being. What a goal scorer he was uh, during his time. Wish him nothing but the best retirement. Sad to see him go at an early age of 33. Get his health right. I saw that Pep was in attendance for his retirement ceremony. Uh, But yeah, man, Sergio Aguero calling it quits. One One of the best to, one of the best to do it man in the last 10 oh, 15
0: years. Yeah, he is and I and I know that that intro tears your heart out every time you have to hear it but I mean it it is in my opinion it's it's got to be uh it's got to be one of the most iconic It is. moments in in all of world soccer let alone in the Premier League, right? I mean, it's yes. just it's one of and, and and yes, it rips your heart out being on the other side of that but But you can also realize what he did in that moment and how big it was. Well, right? it's and, and it's not crazy. just it's not just a thing where that's that's what happened. But then this guy was just kind of a dude, and he wasn't that good. No, he was also a tremendous player who had a tremendous moment. Right. I I'm not. I know it's weird anytime we make these comparisons, right? But I could almost put this more in the context of you know Michael Jordan's shot against the Jazz, you know, to win the NBA you know, championship, right? Like it's that type of moment where it's like, he's one of the best players, obviously Sir, Sergio Aguero, not quite on Michael Jordan's level in the world of soccer, but he was one of the best players for many, many years. And then he hit a really humongous shot that did something special for his club. Yeah. And look at what uh, city had become since then. Yeah. Right. You know, actually a, a better NBA comparison. Cause I know you love the NBA uh, Ray Allen. Ray Allen hitting a big shot, right, to win a championship. Ray Allen was a tremendous player. That's where Sergio Aguero is. a hall. Like, if there was a Hall of Fame for the Premier League, that's what he would be in. Neighbor Eric is saying,
1: who the heck is Ray Allen?
0: I know, I know. These are my guy, by the way. Just got passed for the all-time three-pointers lead by Steph Curry yesterday. uh, Good for Steph Curry, I guess. Anyway, yeah, so sad to see him go, but also... Even though his career has been cut short because of this heart issue, like you mentioned, he he cannot. There's nothing to hang your head about. Truly, one of the greatest players we've ever seen in world soccer. 379
1: so, yeah. goals in 16 seasons.
0: That's <sighs> what a career man. Yeah. just 16 seasons. That's I know a that long like, time. We, we're going to compare this to like guys like Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo. Break all these, you know, they break all these numbers to make them not look as good. But separating out the Pele's and the Messies and those guys after that tier, then there's yeah. the Sergio Aguero tier. He's in that next group. And yeah, certainly can't hang inside about anything he did.
1: And Josh Williams in that group. Not retired. Josh Williams, yet.
0: also not retired. That hey, he's got something over Sergio Aguero, right? Mm-hmm. Still still playing. He can say that. All right. That's it for us. Uh we will not see you until the new year. So enjoy Christmas. More importantly, Enjoy Boxing Day with all the lovely fixtures. And, of course, we will talk to you in the new year, hopefully before the Bundesliga gets back. Till then, have a happy holidays, and we'll see you then from Bone & Beam United.